Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, two-part episode. First part, I want to talk about kind of athletes and where they stand on speaking out on social issues and, and how we frame those things and how we can listen better. And also, second part of the podcast, the guys from the Locked On MLB podcast will break down who they think the Nationals should take with the 22nd pick of this year's MLB draft. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. 3-2 to Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki! See you later! The Nats have won it! Seven runs in the bottom of the ninth! This is deep to center field. Bellinger's back. It's a grand slam! Howie Kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam to break it open. The former Dodger breaking hearts of Los Angeles. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! The celebration is on! The Washington Nationals are the world champions! You are listening to the Locked On Nationals Podcast, your one-stop shop for news, analysis, and conversation surrounding your reigning, undisputed World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Now, here's your host, Josh Neighbors. Okay, today is Friday, June 5th, 2020. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals Podcast. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about what I want to say when it comes to um, the, you know, the ongoing events in our country. For me, it's hard to do a podcast and sit here and not mention that stuff. Yes, this is an escape, but also, too, I think there's a productive way to have these conversations. And um, I've been trying to do a lot of listening. And with that listening, what I think I've, I've come to is that I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to share some things, um, especially as, as events unfold. Um, that I think are productive after watching, listening, and thinking, trying to put out a perspective that you guys haven't heard yet. And um, I want to start with this. Today we're going to talk about this Drew Brees scenario. So obviously Drew Brees, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, Super Bowl champion. Uh, I believe he's won a couple MVPs as well too. Um, he made some comments in an interview when he was asked what he thought about the flag protests in the NFL and whether they were warranted considering now the events that are happening. And he came out and said, no, I'm not for anybody disrespecting the flag. He went on to say that I believe everybody should have their hands over their hearts during the national anthem. Drew Brees has military in his family. And so that is why he believes in standing and respecting the flag. So I want to say a couple things here. Um, first off, I really am pro-athlete speaking out. Um, when Laura Ingram said shut up and dribble a while ago about LeBron James, uh, I thought that was incorrect. As LeBron made some comments sometimes I didn't necessarily agree with, Sure, but I think it's important like that, that those people speak out. Our society's built on that. If you have a platform, you have a voice, that's okay. Secondly, um, Drew Brees' point of, you know, hey, I have military in my family who fought in, in for this country, um, and that is why I stand and honor the flag. Totally valid. There are a lot of people who believe that, who understand that, and uh, I sympathize with that crowd. I also sympathize and understand with the crowd of people, especially the NFL players, Eric Reed. Colin Kaepernick, who took a knee because during the national anthem, it's a time that we honor the flag and the flag is a symbol and symbols can mean different things to different people. Um, for Drew Brees, obviously it's a sign of honor and service and, and he equates it to the military. Not everybody does that. For Colin Kaepernick, for his experience, 
it's a sign of American, you know, we view America as the, this is just my perspective. Uh, you know, we view America as the best country on earth. And during the anthem, a song plays, we stand and honor that flag. Um, in, in Colin Kaepernick's opinion, and a lot of people's opinions, that we shouldn't be honoring the flag because our country is not currently upholding. It's not worth honoring right now. We aren't, we aren't um, the kind of society that warrants us respecting um, and, and honoring the flag in that way because uh, people aren't being treated fairly. And it should be a sign of equality, the flag. But right now, what's happening in the country doesn't reflect the values that we kind of assess to that flag sometimes. And so a lot of players, you know, that was why they took a knee and protested. That is a point I also sympathize with. This is the thing about symbols. They are just that. They mean different things to different people, obviously within reason. You know, a symbol, you know if you're using a, a certain symbol to justify poor actions, that's, that's bad. But, you know, in, in terms of things like the American flag, I have no issue with somebody saying, no, this is not, you know, this is not, um, I can't honor the flag in good faith right now. And, and I need to take a, take a stand metaphorically, but take a knee to show people that um, I am upset and I am not, um, this country is not in a place where it needs to be. That's also a valid point too. So Drew Brees is not being dragged for, for expressing, espousing, you know, those military, pro-military point of views in terms of honoring the flag. What he should be reprimanded for is the lack of understanding, and he's not trying to think about it from somebody else's perspective. You know, my, my dad was saying this last night to me. We were sitting around the dinner table, and he was like, well, you know, you have to understand there's a group of people who, you know, who believe in kind of like you always honor the flag no matter what. Right, and I can understand that, and those people in that group need to understand the people too that, that not everybody sees the flag that way, and that's okay. You know, I'll give you an analogy of, of the Statue of Liberty. When people came over, you know, hundreds of years ago, and still do now, but, you know, to Ellis Island especially, that flag represented, the excuse me, the Statue of Liberty represented an escape from, you know, from persecution, whether it be religious or ethnic in some ways in different countries. It represented the ability to start a business, a new life, you know, start a family, whatever it was. And that's good. That's what you want. The, it can mean different things to different people as long as those... Um, the ideas are fair-minded and positive. Being pro-military and, and supporting the troops and, and believing that is fair and also, too, is saying, hey, I stand up for you know social injustice and racial equality and um, believe that there's a ton of inequality and you know something needs to be done about that. Um, that's the thing about protest, guys, is that like, protest does not always look like, you know, like change was not done with handshakes. I mean, you know, we look at these horrible images from the South and, you know, it's, it never looks easy. Um, and so I, I like, you know, you don't have to agree with everything the protesters are doing. And I mean, obviously looting, I think the looters are a whole different issue. They're, they're people who are just not associated with trying to create any positive change. Uh, I disassociate them completely. But you, you have to look at what's going on around the country and say, and I mean, whether you agree with it or not, you have to say, okay, I can see how people would think that there is injustice and uh, how people are being mistreated by the police. And sorry you don't love the protest and the way people do it, whether it be taking a knee or going in the streets or not, you know, blocking intersections, but they, they're frustrated and they're angry. And so it's on you to see, their, to see what they're doing. And for Drew Brees to say it was disrespecting the flag, what Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and guys like that were doing, I disagree with that. I, I think a lot of guys were being thoughtful in how they wanted to frame their message. And Drew Brees, has, uh, excuse me, 
Colin Kaepernick has been blackballed from the league. I mean, it, it took his career away. I'm not saying he's some martyr or anything, but I mean, he took a stand, and I think it's honorable that he took a stand for something that he believed in. He wasn't always on the mark. He wasn't 110% all the time when he made his points. But I think what we have to, um, what, what especially people who are Caucasian, what they need to do is they need to sit back and try and listen to others. And for Drew Brees, for a guy who's been on a lot of football teams um, and diverse football teams at that, in a city that's very diverse in New Orleans, I, I was shocked. I think PFT commenter said it best. He said, does Drew Brees even talk to his teammates? And that's that's the big focus here, guys, is that Drew Brees is just being ignorant of other people's views. And that's it's, it's on us to sit down and think. And I think what a lot of people have done who are pro-flag protest have made the point that, look, this is nothing to do with our men and women who are serving our country. It's got nothing to do with them. It's got everything to do with what's happening, domest- happening domestically. And I think what's happened is people on the military side of things or pro-military side of things have had a really difficult time trying to understand that. And I, I don't know if they've tried. That's the issue. So it's important that we are thoughtful and that everybody, this is what I'm talking about with listening guys. You know, I think this conversation, like people have dug in and, and Laura Ingram is the biggest hypocrite in the world because she said, shut up and dribble. And she's like, why can't this guy have an opinion? And said it was Stalinist that people said, you know, Drew Brees couldn't have an opinion. That's not what anybody said. He just didn't try to see the other part of the argument. And that's the big issue with a lot of things in this country. It happens in sports arguments all the time is like, we can reach a middle ground. And a middle ground in terms of like, I have my point, you have yours, but I understand what you are trying to say. That's what helps you reach a conclusion. And when you don't try to understand, that's when we get into this, you know, people just digging in their heels. And uh, I'm, I'm a bit tired of that, to be honest. I'm a bit tired of that. So Drew Brees deserves to get dragged a little bit. I think as somebody who is perceived, he's the second most famous athlete in, in uh, I'd say behind Zion Williamson. In New Orleans, it's important for him to use his platform. I am pro-athlete speaking out. He could have been a bit more constructive. So he's allowed to speak out. We're allowed to drag him a little bit. But I think the conversation should shift to what can people like Drew Brees, how can we make sure we communicate that message a bit clearer to them about what each per- what people on the other side of this protest are saying? Because I think a lot of people in this country are missing the mark. And they know there's outrage, but they can't pinpoint what people are feeling and why they're taking the actions that they are. And we have to all collectively, I think there's all parts of our life. We don't understand others. We all have to work to, to understand that. So athletes keep speaking out. I think this is a productive example. Not saying I'm glad Drew Brees said what he said, but I, I think if we take the example and we can learn from it and grow from it, which we clearly can, because I think this issue of ignorance of other people's ideas is a huge problem in this country. Um, that's important. So do not shut up and dribble. Keep talking athletes. Think about what you're saying and think about others as well, too, when you're saying it. All right, here are the Locked On MLB guys' thoughts on who the Nationals should take and with the 22nd pick in the MLB draft. But first, a quick message from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. It's for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. 
They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tall lamps, motor, uh, motor oils, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for you for your car or truck. Write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Jeff, let's move on to the 22nd pick, the, the current champions of baseball, the Washington Nationals. If anyone's going to let you know, it's them, that's for sure. But with the Nationals, I want to lead off with this one, Jeff, and you can come into this. Two years ago, the Nationals were very heavy on the prep pitcher scene in the Southeast, and that included Mason Denberg, who they did take. There was also two options who they were looking at, and it was JT Ginn and Cole Wilcox. Now they are both sophomore eligible picks, the difference being that JT Ginn is out with an injury. Cole Wilcox is not. We have them taking Cole Wilcox, Cole Wilcox, my apologies, the right-handed pitcher out of Georgia, who seems like a slam dunk for them. I mean, it's a falling talent in a sense. It would have been interesting to see what Wilcox could have done with a full season. Uh, Jeff, what do you have to say about this pick for the Nationals at Cole Wilcox? You know, it's one of those we see across the board, and it's just because we know that uh, there was previous interest. Wilcox is raw, uh, didn't get a chance to really develop uh, over his two, his year and a month at Georgia, and that's part of the, the issue with him being a draft-eligible sophomore is we just didn't get the reps to see it. When you compare him and Ginn, yes, Ginn had better performance, but Wilcox, due to size and stuff, has the higher ceiling. Uh, if you trust your, you know, your pitching developmental team there, Wilcox, on pure talent, could have been a top-10 pick. Like, if he came out and performed well this year, uh, he could have challenged to have been the first pitcher off the board if he had, like, just come out and shown that he had taken a step and was, uh, you know, the control was better and was missing bats. Like, the talent is there for that. So you're getting a guy whose talent is much higher than where he's going just because we didn't get a lot of reps and we didn't see a lot of development in his time at Georgia. Another thing about Wilcox is things that you measure within the scouting industry. Big-bodied kid, but very athletic as well along with that. And his pitch repertoire is very good. It's just how much can he control and command uh, that fastball within the zone that's going to be the big knock on Wilcox. But outside of that, I mean, worst case scenario, is this a late inning reliever for that you're getting here? And, and if any team's going to take on that risk, it's going to be the Nationals, right? Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I would always say with the Nationals is uh, this is not draft, but like almost the way to approach the Nationals when you're doing a mock is to look at what the board looked like in February and take whoever's the highest player left. Like they don't, uh, the Nationals and the next team, the Cleveland Indians, don't seem to do a lot of drastic in-season changes. So uh, Wilcox is certainly one of those guys that would have been very high on boards in January of uh, this year. 